So instead of getting sucked into the productivity and pushing paper, we need to focus on what makes us human, what makes us special. And it's our ability to do the things that machines cannot. The potential benefits of artificial intelligence are huge. So are the dangers. Dave Waters. There's been a lot of talk about AI lately, with business and science celebrities of all kinds weighing in. A new AI seems to come out every month with capabilities that dwarf the previous version. AI-generated images of a former U.S. president resisting arrest look real at first glance, and computers are passing college entrance and graduate school exams at the 90th percentile and above. There's even been AI-generated lists of jobs that AI will replace in recent years, along with the skill that will become obsolete. So what are we going to do? While the heavyweights debate, we're having another essential side of the conversation. What skills do we need to have to thrive in a world with rapidly advancing AI? Here's my unhinged conversation with Jake. Welcome back, thinkers, to another episode of Doorward Thinking. I have Jake with me here on this sunny St. Louis morning. How are you today, Jake? Fantastic. Now, there's a lot of things going on in the AI realm. At the time of this recording, just a couple days ago, an open letter was released from the Future of Life Institute that demands a six-month pause on AI development. And it's been signed by some pretty serious names including Elon Musk, Steve Wozniak, and numerous CEOs and professors. The letter says, Recent months have seen AI labs locked in an out-of-control race to develop and deploy ever more powerful minds that no one, not even their creators, can understand, predict, or reliably control. So this letter is essentially calling for a set of universal policies and protections in AI creation so that we can all benefit from AI and enjoy an AI summer instead of this runaway train effect that a lot of experts predict. Jake, what's your take on all of this AI? Well, Nate, I was glad you brought up that we need to have this conversation. It's definitely something I've been thinking about a lot. I know that everybody on our team is thinking about it a lot. You brought it up. Even our CFO like brought it up and was like, hey, we need to be thinking about this. And... I think that's a question definitely a lot of people are asking right now in you know across the business world, and employees are trying to see if they can use it to kind of maybe speed up some part of their job, and employers are trying to figure out like do they have the edge in 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 business, and so it's definitely something a lot of people are thinking about, and so it's good to kind of step back and and think about where do we stand on that. First of all. It should be no surprise that we're getting here. One, humans have been developing tools. I mean, even the word technology is just like, comes from the Greek word for tool for ever since humans have existed. Mm -hmm. And then second of all, like, I mean, if you've been not living under a rock for decades, we've been exploring through literature, movies, et cetera, the growth of, of this world. So a lot of the questions that are being asked are not new questions. It's cool that there's like a very present conversation being had about it. It's where science fiction becomes science fact. 
Yeah. Boom. Wow. All Nate. of the, I mean, I'm thinking about it myself. All of the Star Trek that I watched growing up. Yeah. I was having this conversation with a coworker and we were talking about the matrix and whether we believe that things are in fact predestined or do we have free will and all of this stuff. And it's really coming to a head right now. And these tech and business giants are taking this on and saying, we want to have a conversation. So we have Elon Musk, Wozniak, and all these people saying that we need to put a pause on AI. We also have the AI optimists, the most prominent one I've seen being Neil deGrasse Tyson, saying that he's not as fearful of machines rising up and replacing our tasks. And he sees AI as encroaching on little bits and pieces, but not coming out and slaughtering all humans. So the question for this part of our conversation today that I want to ask is, what is supposed to keep AI in check? Is it governments? Is it the AI developers? Goodwill towards man that we don't create an AI monster? Is it the AI itself? Like, what's supposed to make sure that everything develops in harmony? Boom. Wow, Nate. Um, asking the big questions early on a Friday. I mean, that's that's just kind of the same debate humans have always been having, right? What is the role of the state? What is the role of the individual? You know, who decides our freedoms? Who decides our rights? And how do how do we make sure that what one person does doesn't you know adversely affect another person's rights? I think uh, what is supposed to keep AI in check? I mean, I would go back first and foremost to principles values. And if the people that are creating any kind of technology aren't thinking about how the technology can or should be used, there's a problem. And I'm not just talking about AI, you know, talking about this for all kinds of things. Um, You know, for example, I met some guys at the Blueprint Conference out in Las Vegas, and they're like applying essentially blockchain technology to the lowest class of mortgages, the riskiest mortgages. Mm-hmm. And it's like, just because you can do that doesn't mean that you should. We have to think about if this really makes sense from, from a moral point of view. And so I'm all like technology forward over here, even if not always on all of the latest <laughs> social medias, Nate. But I go back to to that as like a principle. And so, yeah, do I expect every developer or, you know, entity that's developing or any business that is taking some AI and modifying it to incorporate in their own business practices? Do I expect that they will try to study some principles or values that apply to their space and see how what they're doing is incorporated? Absolutely. <laughs> Without question. But I mean, invariably, we know from human history and our personal lives that the things that we should do, the things that we're supposed to do, we don't. Yeah. And that's the question that people are trying to ask right now. Do governments need to get involved? Does there need to be a worldwide consensus put out? But ultimately, there are dangers in that, too. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think that, again, like, that's kind of up for human debate, right? How much do we, I mean, as a people, we live in a, right now, here in the U.S., reportedly uh, a democratic republic, 
a Republican democracy, some kind of configuration of the, the two random words that most people don't really understand. And we would say, well, you know, we as a people, you know, have entrusted the, the power to create some policies at, at, a, at a state level to benefit all the people. And so, sure, is that something that the, the state should do? Maybe, right? I mean, it's kind of totally up for human debate in a lot of ways. Like, at what level should this problem be taken care of? I would say just even if there are policies at the highest level, at the lower levels or the more local levels, you could say they can't figure out their own responsibility, especially because it's kind of impossible to, at a higher level, to think about all the use cases or all the, the ways that this might be approached. Absolutely. So we are going to let those higher level folks deal with this question. Too big for one podcast, even though we will keep monitoring it. And I want to have another side of the conversation today and focus mainly on that. What are the skills that are necessary for individuals to thrive in a society that embraces AI? I got this list from AI Time Journal. Article Four Skills to Succeed in a World Dominated by AI. It's kind of a foreboding title. <laughs> I was gonna say. Um, they Whoa. say data science is number one, and and knowledge of how to use artificial intelligence number one. Leadership, content marketing, and then the fourth thing they say are soft skills. Mm. I think the first three are kind of explanatory, but I want to delve into soft skills a little bit more. I'm glad you're doing that because I feel like most people, as soon as they heard you say data science, like your average human being, their heart like sank a little bit because you could say those words to them all day and they maybe they've heard of R or Tableau or any one of these other technologies and they don't even know where to start. Right. It conjures up an image of being stuck behind a computer screen, typing away all day, looking at a whole bunch of figures and words and inputs and commands. And it just sounds miserable. I mean, it sounds like a world that's dominated by technology. Like you're literally, you're a slave to the thing that you created. So that's not how it is, but I'm glad you're bringing some soft skills into the picture. What do we got there? A soft skill is a personal attribute that supports situational awareness and enhances an individual's ability to get the job done. AKA, Emotional intelligence. EQ. EQ. That's right. That's for Pete. He loves those abbreviations. So we talk about soft skills a lot, the way that they can be used in an organization, like in a business. But soft skills also greatly enhance our own personal lives. So I've put together a list of soft skills to manage in an AI world. And the first thing is to remember your desired outcome. That means putting personal and community outcomes first. And it's important to recognize that good is better than happiness or pleasure. That brings us to our second rule of doorward thinking, and that is good is better than pleasure or comfort. Boom. Wow. And it's super important because I could sit at a computer screen and do my work and order my DoorDash, but if I don't know that I'm doing good in this world, or if I'm not enhancing somebody else's quality of life and my quality of life by doing that, then am I really living, Jake? No, no qualifiers, Nate. (laughs) (laughs) 
Just no. That is not being alive. Right. So it's super important that we remember our desired outcome. That often means getting out from behind the computer screen and going out into the field and seeing what's being done. That often happens in a real estate context by going out to the construction site or by having a conversation with others in your office. Nay, I love uh, I love that first rule, the desired outcome. The dumb ox says that if you have two things and one thing is like the means to the other, mm-hmm. then by focusing on the one, it doesn't necessarily have to detract from like the end itself. And that's a really encouraging thing, right? But you have to remember, you have to know what is your actual outcome or what is your actual end. Then that thing doesn't distract you from the right. thing itself. That seems to be exactly what Musk and Wozniak and all the others are saying is happening right now, is that people are focusing on the capability of the AI instead of focusing on how it can benefit us. Right. I think Neil deGrasse Tyson is also kind of, he's also trying to think about like, what is, what is the outcome in a sense? Mm-hmm. But to your point of remembering the outcome you're, you're trying to achieve if you get lost in the weeds of, of what you're doing instead of what your outcome is, it doesn't really matter if you're utilizing AI or you're utilizing some other tool or you're, you're not using any things besides your own hands, you're not going to find that, that good. And that flows into the second rule that I want people to be able to remember is you need to be able to monitor your progress. Mm. It's really easy to do that by going to the construction site or being able to see the physical good that you're doing for another human being in your work. But it becomes very challenging to do that behind a computer screen when we're looking at our email inbox that seems to fill every day or when there's a document on screen that you finish working on and pull up another one. One of the things that we've learned in our design of Doorward is the need to put progress bars Mm -hmm. into the app to show the progression of your deal. Like, oh, you're almost there. Or, oh, you've earned so many points for this or the other thing. But we need to start thinking about instituting ways to see our progress in a world where we're not doing physical work as much. Like, if... I'm in the 1800s and I'm building a chair. I can physically see the pieces of the chair coming together. I don't necessarily have that when I'm looking at my email inbox. Right. Well, at some point you have a chair that you can sit on. Mm-hmm. You can grasp and hold and put your ass in it. You know, you made progress. So it's really important. And I think this is going to be an individual thing. But think about how you can gauge your progress over time. Even if it's stopping to take time to reflect and say, yeah, I've done so many of these things and this is when I take a break or this is when I celebrate. Remember in elementary school when there was a fundraiser or something and there was that big giant thermometer oh, yeah. that would like start really low and then get to the top and then when it would burst, you got like the pizza party or something for your class. And you go through like four red Sharpies. You can tell like when the Sharpie started to like wear out Absolutely. and then they, like, have to start with a new, like fresh one. Mm-hmm. Are we ever going to get there? Towards the, yeah. Towards the end, it's like, 
That mark is dead, bro. You gotta get yourself a new marker. <laughs> and it just looks terrible. But you still can see the progress. And when you get to that point where you're really close, doesn't that give you the motivation to keep going? For sure. Let's think about a pro athlete. They're able to see, they're, they're able to gauge in numbers by the amount of reps they can do or the amount of weight that they can lift or the speed of their mile run or whatever it is like that. You can see the progress as you're going. If you can't see the progress because it's on a computer screen, that's demoralizing. You're doing the same thing over and over and over. And again, slave to the machine. So being able to see our progress is essential for motivating ourselves. It's really closely aligned with a concept of hope. Mm-hmm. That Okay, here's where things are. Here's where I am. And here's where things should be or where I want them to be. And if you can tell right? That that gap is closing. You can keep that hope. You can keep that flame alive. Just dig a little deeper. It, and Yeah. And it, it makes sense to continue to expend more effort. Mm-hmm. You can't see any progress being made. Then it's really hard. It's really hard to keep going. That's whether it's like on a computer screen or not. Yeah. You keep on talking about the construction site. In our world, that's oftentimes the the gut renovation maybe of a two family. And sometimes people try to do this themselves. And I know guys who have, who've really gotten stuck because you try to do some of this in the evenings, weekends, compound that with day job, life, family, other obligations. It might even be on top of that. All of a sudden, let's say your dad gets sick and you're trying to like help take care of him. All of a sudden now you have limited time and limited time to even kind of devote towards making the progress. And then you pick up some particularly difficult task, one that you don't expect. Maybe it's like, oh, let me get rid of this wallpaper. And all of a sudden, this wallpaper is really difficult to scrape off. Or you think, hey, I want to like take off the old like plaster and just put some fresh drywall up. And that plaster proves to be particularly difficult. And people can see this rut because they don't see the progress being made. Absolutely. I love bringing up Albert Einstein, apparently, on this show. This quote just came to mind. Very quotable. I'm sure you're familiar with his words on insanity. Mm. Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So I just want to affirm people that while you may seem like you're stuck in a rut, especially if you're in a job where it's very electronic, computer-based, I encourage you to really take a look to see where your progress milestones are because you may be in fact making progress and you just don't know it. So really take the time and I encourage everybody to do this, to see what your milestones are and to give yourself a pat on the back to celebrate when you hit them. Or if you're not hitting them, then you can change up your process. But at least it's better than being stuck or feeling that you're in that rut all the time. It's also important to make sure that we are choosing the right measurements of progress. For a lot of people, it's dollar signs, right? But you have to go back and make sure that you're not violating rule number one to get those dollar signs. (laughs) So things to think about. The last thing that I want to talk about is making sure that we do the things the machines cannot. That means going out and taking a walk in the park. That means cooking a meal. 
That means sharing time with friends because we can continue to get sucked into this competition where we think we need to go faster and faster and faster and do more and more and more. And while human beings are incredible for our creativity and our problem solving and our ability to network and build communities, those are the things that the machines will never be able to do. Boom. Not like us. So instead of getting sucked into the productivity and pushing paper, we need to focus on what makes us human, what makes us special. And it's our ability to do the things that machines cannot. They're a tool. They're designed to help us to live in a better society. So why do we need to try to do what they do? And that's think the fear that you know some of these people that sign the letter have have really you know raised right is these non-human minds. That was that was something that from their letter. I remember they mm-hmm. used that 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 term. And so we have to think about like what is the human mind, right? And we've already kind of touched on a few things, right? One, we shouldn't be enslaved. Second, the sanity aspect, right? You know, we have to preserve that sanity. When we lose that that sanity, it becomes less human. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you're touching on a on a very important you know, distinction and kind of maybe remembering, you know, <laughs> as we said, like remembering the difference between between us and these machines. So things to think about. Again, this is the search for wisdom. We don't have all the answers, but as you're going through and listening, we encourage you to think about these things in your daily life and how it manifests itself. Jake, before we finish, I just want to ask, what are some of the AI applications in real estate right now? Like I had somebody email me, their company does AI generated property listings. And it's like, oh, that's interesting. That's not exactly my role in Dorward, but maybe I could reach out and have them on the podcast. What other applications of AI are going on in real estate right now? Yeah, absolutely. The possibilities are endless, Nate, and we're really happy, I think, or I'm happy to see so many things starting to happen because when we look at the industry as a whole, there has been some innovation, but a serious uh, lack of application of innovation Mm -hmm. in the real estate industry in general. And so the fact that there are more opportunities and that we see the traction, we see different technologies being embraced is a really good thing to continue to propel the f- industry forward. Certainly, I mean, we talked about on this podcast before that you know, real estate is the thousand different hats and some people wear multiple of them. And so the applications are, are seriously endless from the buying, from the selling, from the managing, from the holding from the financing, anything that takes a lot of kind of manual analysis, trying to connect those dots. Uh, We see it on the maintenance side of things. We see it in the trying to identify which, um, just for one example, a street that kind of was hit by hail and you can predict which other houses might need to have their roof replaced in the near future. And they haven't. And therefore, like if they don't, these houses are going to deteriorate, and this is this is a problem preserving our housing stock in our. I've actually seen one of those, the hail reports. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's go. a real thing. One area that I'd love to see AI introduced is helping to connect, like your your ordinary American 
to the information they need to engage with the real estate world. As we've mm-hmm. talked about, everybody engages with the real estate world. Either you have you have some kind of home, right? Maybe you have an apartment, maybe you have a house, what have you. Like everybody is engaging with the real estate world. It's essential, even if you're not earning your income from it. Absolutely. And you don't realize you don't know something in, until like it's too late. And so if we can, through AI, now we just want the industry in general, quickly connect somebody once they experience a problem with the information they need to address it. That would be a, a fantastic application of the technology. Well, personally, I'm looking forward to AI and the things that it can bring to society. Because you're a monster. I am a monster. That's right. Monster podcaster. No, no, but but like in all seriousness, I do think that the development of AI is going to help humans be more human. And it is my hope that with all of the conversations that are Elon Musk's and Steve Wozniak's and Neil deGrasse Tyson's are having, that we can come up with ways to make sure that we stay human as the AI develops and that we develop it in a way that is going to help out humanity. And that'll do it for us here today on this unhinged episode of Doorward Thinking. As always, you can go ahead and check us out at doorward.com or on our social media on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And don't forget, you can sign in to Doorward with promo code DOORWARD, D-O-O-R-W-A-R-D, to get free access to our online community for the rest of your life. This is Nate, your host, reminding you to stay human and to get back to living.